Hey everyone, my name's Jonathan Pease and this is Catalyst Conversations. Today I'm joined by Adam DeRussi, co-founder and CEO of Quantium. Now Adam and Quantium are both very intriguing subject matters and I'm really looking forward to getting into this conversation today. We're going to talk about some of the work we've done together, so things like purpose and values, but also we're going to get underneath the skin of Quantium, what it's like 20 years on, and delve into the mega mind that is Adam DeRussi. Hey, Adam. How are you going? Good, JP. How are you? Very good. Mate, thanks for taking the time. This is a great conversation for us to have. Mate, firstly, I just want to start by, I guess, tell us what Quantium is and what value are you bringing into the world? Because maybe some of our listeners don't specifically know. I always think of Quantium as kind of like a, you know, a hidden amazing company, right? So tell us exactly what Quantium is uh, and the value it brings to the world. Okay, just a small start there, mate. Uh <laughs> So we're a, we're a data science company at the end of the day. Mm. So we started 21 years ago. So we employ data scientists, actuaries, technologists, engineers, and so on. And the idea is that we help our clients use data to make better decisions and ideally create a better world. So what we're really about is can we use data for good to have a real impact for our clients in making uh, decisions in a different way that transform their business? And if in the process we can then uh, – using interesting technologies, and that's great for the people we employ. They're all interested in using new technologies to do to do great work. Yeah. And you mentioned 21 years. I don't imagine there are many businesses in your area that are 21 years old, right? I mean, 21 years ago, that was a long time ago in data years. Yeah. Talk a little bit about what it was like 21 years ago thinking about a business like this. Yeah, it's interesting. It's you feel like an old person. Going, you know, when I was young, I remember people talking about, oh, when back in my day, I used punch, <laughs> punch cards to program computers, and I used to think they sounded like old farts. But uh, yet, look, twenty-one years ago, companies weren't talking about their data. So we had this idea. You know, I was an actuary by background, and and my business partner uh, was the same. And we had this idea that why we're we using analytics just for insurance companies, we should be using it for other organisations. So we said, well, there's a business in that. We'll you know, we'll, we'll try and create a business doing that. And it was a real novelty back then for a company to be approached to talk about their data. I remember I remember it was the CMO of Optus, really early days, who took a meeting and said, no one's ever wanted to talk to me about data before. That's wow. a fascinating idea. I'll take a meeting to hear what you're talking about. And you, and you fast forward to today and everyone's talking about data, every industry, every exec, they're talking about data and data strategy and so on. But back then it was really, really no one. And some of our early projects – Remember, Fox Hill was one of our first clients, and when we very first started working with them, they said it was the first time they'd ever actually used their customer hmm. customer data to answer a question because it was you know really early days. You know, you're talking not long after the internet and so on had had uh, been around, so it was kind of five six years old in terms of mainstream use. So yeah, it's hard to yeah. remember just how different it was back in two thousand and two. Yeah, it is. And just thinking about that, I guess er, like like going very early on the subject matter. How did you go about finding other like-minded people? I mean, obviously, Greg and yourself, but, you know, that first that first group, how did you bring them together and sort of align them towards something? You mean staff or team? Yeah, teams? yeah, yeah, team, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, that, that bit wasn't too hard, actually. Okay. I think, you know, we had a lot of, you know, I certainly had a lot, a lot of connections in the actuary world, so we had a lot of actuaries that I knew, and 
these were very talented people with analytical skills that I think then the idea of using those skills in other industries was appealing because it sounded something new, something interesting where we could add a lot of value. So it wasn't too hard to attract people early on. Over time, that's obviously become tougher, and but equally mm. there's a lot more people now coming out of universities with specific degrees and so on. And then equally over time, we started diversifying the skill set. We weren't just hiring actors. We started hiring engineers. We started hiring all sorts of different different backgrounds. So, yeah, the team bit uh, wasn't too bad. It was kind of people we knew in our network in the early days. Yeah. And, and did you have a, I mean, for want of a better term, a purpose or a you know, some sort of a statement or series of statements that you were sort of aligning people to or? No, the honest answer is no. Like we didn't have a statement. I think if I said what was the purpose, it was kind of very similar to what we've come up with, which we'll talk about later on. But really it was all around, we think that we could make, help companies make better decisions using data and analytics. Like we were convinced of that. Now we didn't know whether companies would be convinced of the same thing, hmm. but we were convinced that you know there's got to be a better way to answer that question if you use data and analytics to help do it. So we were very passionate about that. But again, 21 years ago, companies weren't, and particularly team members weren't as obsessed about saying, "I want to see the purpose on a page, and I want to join a company which has a purpose that I really believe in." It just just wasn't something that we were writing down on a, on a piece of paper. But we kind of those of us in the room all knew what we were what we were trying to do. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Did that then evolve over time? Like, obviously, when we started working together, we did some work in this space, which we will talk about. But did did some of those ideas start to form over the sort of, I don't know, five, 10-year period? In terms of purpose? or Yeah, purpose culture, or even all values of culture, all, all of the above, exactly. Yeah, look, it, it did. I mean, we've over 20 years, you can imagine we've had various iterations of those things. Uh, I think... For a long time, I would say those of us who've been around in Quantum a long time, including myself, probably were the view what you know the culture is the culture. We don't need to put it up on a poster to to describe the culture. You know, it, it, you kind of live and breathe it and feel it when you're here. And I think that works really well when there's say fifty of you, even a hundred of you. When when there's a hundred of you, you know everyone's names, you all know each other, you're all kind of in one room regularly, and you kind of live and breathe the culture rather than talk about it and give it a strap line. But then you fast forward to today, and we've got something like 1,200 staff today, and they're around the world in 15, 16 different offices. It doesn't work as well then. When you're hiring someone new in New York that I've never met, how do they, and maybe they've never met anyone in the team in Australia, how do they get a feel for what the culture of Quantum is? It doesn't doesn't transport as well there. So obviously, in between startup and today, there's been different iterations, and we, we had a few cracks. Uh, I probably, none of them ever really resonated with me, where I felt like, you know, I as a leader said that that is it. That really feels right. Until the work we've done recently, where I really, the work we've done recently, I really say that actually feels true to our history, but also true to where we are today. Yeah, take us back to that that meeting where I think it was upstairs where we, I think we presented the full version of the purpose for the first time, and you liked it, and then walked straight out and pitched Greg, your business partner, pr- pretty much straight away. Yeah. Talk us about that. You don't want to talk about the meeting before where we didn't get it right? I'm definitely going to go to that meeting as well. Yeah, let's start on the positive first. <laughs> I think I think the positive was when I saw when I saw the team had come up with something that to me felt right, I was very confident. So I, kind of we'd been through enough iterations and I was very confident that that would also resonate for Greg as my business partner. Like I know him very, very well. So I, I had a lot of confidence that would work and I think the team – you guys were all probably thinking, oh, we need to now have a similar meeting with Greg and take him through the pitch. And I just said, 
no, I've just told him and it worked. Like I, I just knew it would. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that that comes with working with someone for 21 years as a business partner. It's like a marriage. You know, you know each mm. other. You probably fight like a married couple, but you also love each other like a married couple. So I just know, I know Greg very well as a business partner. He knows me very well. And so when I saw something that landed so strongly for me, I just knew it would work for him as well. And frankly, I knew it would work for a lot of the team because I know the team pretty yeah. well as well. Yeah. And I remember you speaking about the fact that we had gone together and spoken to lots of the organization, got lots of people involved. So, it, I mean, it was informed by data, data across your team. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that was a contributing factor to the confidence or? Yeah, look, I, I mean, Quantum's an interesting company. Obviously, you've you've de- worked with us a little bit now, but, um, yeah, we employ a lot of very logical thinkers, you know, a lot of actuaries, engineers, data scientists, all of these technical folks. And not, not everyone's that, but yeah, you know, the majority of the company are. And so they kind of think in a very different way to maybe some other some other organizations. They like detail. You know, if you kind of just give a fluffy strap line, they're gonna say, no, that sounds like crap. I'm 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 you know not buying into that. But they really appreciate substance and detail. And so I think that means that with something like a purpose, it's actually really important that the team feels like they've got to contribute because you get a lot of people who've been here a long time, so so they're going to have a strong view, and and I think we needed to hear those views. And so I think mm. the, the process we ran for getting input from each team individually, from our execs as a, as a group, but also then the entire business, I think it was just a really valuable way of everyone feeling like they contributed to what the answer was. So when we could then play it back and we got that, kind of we, we got it right, I think then it resonated. People said, yeah, that fits with what I what I contributed. So I think everyone would feel like they have their fingerprints over the final solution, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we tried a technique in a meeting with you and you referred to it a second ago where we brought a couple of ideas, loose ideas, for the team to break and then rebuild. And, you know, usually we find clients do a bit of breaking and then they make. Um, there was quite a high level of breaking going on in that meeting. And I guess this speaks to the type of people and the type of thinkers uh, who work here. I mean, I remember that meeting was a very, very big meeting for us. And I felt, I feel like it was a bit of a turning point Mm. for a bunch of reasons, but can you reflect on that, on that moment? Yeah, sure. I think, so the the meeting was, uh, obviously your team had taken a lot of inputs from around, around the group. And I think It was to our exec team. So it's about our most senior 50 or 60 people across the company. And within that group, you were going to have a number of people who've been here for 15 to 20 years. And not all of them. Some of them are relatively new as well. But people with very strong opinions about what Quantium's about and what, what will land in Quantium. And and I just know that group. That group isn't shy of giving an opinion and, and what they think is right. And if they don't like it, they will they will say it. But equally, if they do like it, they'll get behind it and, and really live and breathe it. And so I think the idea of that team was that uh, where Unity folks have put together five different creative examples of saying, what do you think of this purpose statement? We'll put five out there and then mm. we'll go into groups and try and break it down to see what you think. And when I saw all five, I I hated them all. I thought that, <laughs> I, I didn't like any of them, but I didn't say anything. I don't know if you remember, but I, I deliberately- I, I do remember. I yeah. didn't say anything because I thought I, if I say I hate them all, then I know as a leader that would be uh, bad leadership. But I was in one of the breakout groups and I heard, and again, I went to the breakout group, I didn't say anything and it was just like all in attack. Like everyone said, I hate it, I hate it, Yeah, can't have that. But equally, 
I know in my own group and then seeing the others, when we all tried to write it ourselves, none of us got close either. So we all kind of had a feeling. We all knew that what was put forward wasn't right, but none of us, not, not one group could come back and say it should be this and we all went, yeah, that, there it is. So it was, a, it was frustrating in one sense that, you know, we had this workshop and I kind of came away thinking we're still not there and we've had all these execs participate. Mm. We all know that what we've got is there isn't right, but we don't have it. But whatever happened in that process of that input meant that you guys were then able to come away and the next iteration was it. Mm. You know, you had one version and that was it and it was a version that I knew was going to resonate with everyone. So it was a, it was an interesting process. At, at first I thought it was genius from you guys that you had deliberately threw five ideas out there that we were going to hate, but um, – Maybe that was given slightly too much credit. But, yeah. But yeah, yeah, the process was, it worked. It was, it was, it was really fun as well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, we learn a lot from that process as we always do, right? Getting, getting ideas out there for critique, you often find new ideas from doing that. And that was, yeah, that, um, that was a prime example of that in that meeting. Yeah. And, and we'd be a tough client because, yeah, we aren't a creative, you know, we, we're creative with numbers and data. Like we're actually very creative like that. But when it comes to, Using short phrases to describe a culture, or or any kind of imagery, creative. You know, we're a challenging bunch to get on the same page. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that robust session didn't didn't surprise me. I'm probably more pleasantly surprised by how how well we actually then landed on an end result that does land with the team. That that's that's why I'm very happy. Yeah. It it's interesting because I've heard you describe yourself as not creative quite a bit which I don't agree with and we love presenting to you and others in the team just because we know we're going to get a, you know, like a no BS response, right? Yeah, yeah. So clearly, clearly you know what you like and what you don't like. So talk us through that, that sort of choice-making process. Yeah, I think, I think when you say, uh, when I say not creative, I probably more mean like things like um, creative type, you know, I'm, I'm like creative types that you'll have, you know, a bunch in your, in your team and yeah. in advertising agents and so on, just very different thinking. You know, I'm a very left brain logical thinker. So when I see words on a page, I want each of them to make sense and think exactly what that sentence means and so on. And the team thinks very literally as well. Mm. So And we what's have, harder for you, words or visuals, do you think? Uh, uh, visuals probably actually, mm. even, yeah, visuals are I would have thought so based on yeah, that description. Words for me personally aren't too bad, but yeah, but just, yeah, it's more, more the visual stuff. I, you know, I, as an example, like I, at school I would come top of maths and probably come close to last in art. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it was absolutely hopeless at art. Yeah. Unless it was technical drawing where you were having to use a ruler and be accurate, then I came first in technical drawing. Yeah. But I came last in art. And, and so I've never had that sort of skill set. And that would be quite typical of a number of people, actually, not everyone. Yeah, but a number of people on our team would be very strong on and math, science, those sorts of things, and less so on you know the really creative stuff like art. Mm. Uh, so then, when it gets into what's going to land as a visual creative, some of it can be you know what could be quite normal for some some groups might be a bit out there for our crew, but anyway, in the end, I mean, I think we've done a great job, and you you you've, you understand the business now that you've now nailed it pretty quickly, but. Um, yeah, that was just going to be a challenge. Yeah, yeah. I just want to change tax slightly towards the partnerships. So with some of Australia's most loved brands, you'd yeah. say probably the most loved brands. How, how do things like purpose and values and culture fit into those? You know, what role do they play mm. when you partner with a Woolworths or a CB, like massive brands? Yeah. Yeah, look, that's actually a bit of a challenge for us, right? So. So let's let's pick Woolworths as an example. You know, we've got 
quite a large team that that quite a large team of Quantium folks that work very very closely with Woolworths. And so, actually, what we've done is we've created a team called WIC. So, like the W is from Woolworths, the Q is from Quantium, and I is almost like Insight. And so, this this combined team of people from Quantium and and Woolworths deliver insights to to Woolworths to help make you know kind of reshape retail and the way retail works. So, with a team like that. It's actually really important that they buy into both the purpose of Woolworths, but also the purpose of Quantium. So some of them might be employed by Quantium. So they really kind of join Quantium for what we're about, mm. uh, which is really around using data to create a better tomorrow. Uh, but at the same time, they're working so closely with Woolworths, you want them to really understand what Woolworths' purpose is around. And so I think what we've managed to do is say, okay, well, what we want is we want that joint venture to have their own purpose within that joint venture that ladders up nicely to the quantum purpose and to the Woolworths purpose. And actually, that's that's not as hard as it sounds, actually. Right. Um, so we kind of say to the team, look, your purpose is all around this, which fits perfectly under, like, as a sub-purpose of quantum, but it's also a sub-purpose of, of Woolworths. And the challenge for us is to do that with each of our joint ventures. Again, to say the same thing for the, the team that works very closely with Telstra, to say, well, actually... Yeah, you're about using analytics, but also you're about helping Telstra enable yep. their purpose and, and so on. Same with, same with ComBank. Yeah. And and going into those JVs, I'm, I'm sure you can't speak about them that specifically, but is this kind of stuff people talk about in boardrooms? Like, do they talk about, oh, well, look, you know, the Woolworths values are like this and or not really? Oh, probably not as much as you'd hope. <laughs> you'd, you'd hope. Um a little bit, a little bit. I mean, cer- certainly, like if I pick Woolworths as an example, like mm. Bra- Brad Banducci, the CEO of Woolworths, is very purpose-driven. Yeah, hugely purpose-driven. Very purpose-driven yeah. leader. So, yeah. so he absolutely talks about purpose all the time. And so, but he's not going to be getting into what's our purpose with the Telstra joint venture because he'll say, well, that's, you know, as long as you've got the Quantium one, right? Sure. So, yeah. so on something like the Quantium purpose, he absolutely, you know, was a keen reviewer and wanted to see he what was. it looked like yeah. and gave his input. That was Doesn't a mean, fun meeting, I tell you. Yeah, so, so there you <laughs> go. Really so, great. Yeah, so and, and you know he'll also be thinking, and how does it fit into what we're doing yeah. within within Woolworths? So in that case, yes, but but if you're talking about – so I think that's the case in each of our joint ventures. Like you're going to have you know, Telstra again. Vicky is the CEO at Telstra. She's going to have a very strong views on purpose for Telstra. But do we have every board meeting where we talk about purpose? No. But in setting it up, do we have leaders that are both kind of – think that's very important and we're trying to get a meeting of alignment. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Mm. Obviously, you're going to be all about measurement, as are we. How do you measure things like this? Like in a JV, for example, how do you measure the success of what's happening with culture, Mm. et cetera? Look, I think Have you found ways to do that? I think we're still in the early stages of that. So I think – but first of all, I don't think there's a silver bullet of saying, yeah, we've measured yeah. it and we've we found an 11.3% uplift in productivity since we've launched a purpose. No. But I th- to be honest, the first step for me is actually just adoption. It's just measuring adoption and saying, are we actually seeing, you know, we, we've launched this purpose and values. Are we seeing teams talk about the values? You know, do we have them in all of our performance review conversations and stuff like that? So that's kind of a different sort of measurement. So it's not quite compliance, but it's almost saying, mm. actually, is each part of our business buying into this? And then are individuals having conversations? And I'll be using this as a way to talk to staff about performance and about how they fit in, how they, how they go about their business. So, and like like anything, we found some teams adopted quicker than others and others, you know, I had a, a fun meeting with our team in South Africa. I went there a few months ago and it was just clear that they they hadn't quite bought in yet. They hadn't 
had a couple of workshops or whatever and and um so we said okay well we're behind here we've got work to do and and we did that and then they very quickly got up to speed but so then I think the next stage for us is around okay well how do we kind of get that involved in as many processes as possible from recruitment to promotion to performance assessment to yeah, when we write a proposal for a client, how do we make sure we're using our our values and our purposes like almost like a uh, a guide for how we write our proposal and how we check to make sure we're ticking off the right boxes? And then, you know, hopefully down the track we'll see that turn into you know better better productivity and performance from the team, more engaged team, and ultimately you know better growth, whatever it might be. Well, there you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Adam, really appreciate you taking the time. So many pearls of wisdom and so many insights dropped. Now, if you found this interesting and you have conversations like this in your own organization, please go to our website and have a look at some of our other work. And that's weareunity.com. Aside from that, enjoy, keep contributing, and I will see you next time. <laughs>